Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Feels Like Weezer, the weekly podcast where we talk about Weezer's entire discography, song by song, track by track. Uh, I'm Zach Franking-Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at The Informal Log. I'm Eric Nash. Uh, I'm, I also uh, host the Almost Famous Minute podcast. And joining us uh, from, from across the sea, we have... Hey, I'm uh, Connor Solomon. Uh, that's, I'm only on the hey, podcast. I'm only on this. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, best Twitter, best Twitter in the West. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I I won't I won't gush as much this time. Okay, just follow us. <laughs> there we go. It's good. Sure. God damn. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, hey, how's it going, buddy? Uh, you know, it's good. It's uh, it's you know, what I'm in mean, day. 16 or 17 of isolation, so I'm, I'm feeling feeling pretty sane right now. How about you guys? <laughs> uh, luckily, I've been able to go to work. Well, not luckily. Uh, I have to go to work still. Um, hmm. So I'm not entirely stuck inside, but when I am stuck inside, it's with a small child. So, uh, Eric, you holding in there, so okay? It's three t- so it's three times worse <laughs> than if you're by yourself. Yeah. Um, what about you, Eric? Are you still going to work? No, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm crazily, crazily still working mm-hmm. in a very small, populated office. Oh, b- b- big office, but yeah. So, <laughs> so you can maintain your six populated. feet. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, so today we are going to talk about track number seven on Maladroit, Burnt Jam, Burnt to Death. I mean, I, I love it. It's, um, you know, I was uh, 14, I think, when this record came out, and Maladre was, like, my first, you know, after getting into the band, the first new record that came out afterwards. So I, I you know, logged in a lot of hours listening to this, and I always felt like, even back then, that, like, Burnt Jam really stuck out from the pack of the rest of the songs. Like, it's a really great record, but there's something, I don't know, different or silly and and sweet about this song that just kind of keeps it apart from the rest of the track list yeah i'm I'm, I'm all bored with it man you know yeah it's a it's an interesting choice of a song as well uh to to put on your album just because it it sounds so different uh like it's almost got a little bit of like a calypso vibe uh, you know, you, you you would almost feel like you could listen to this on an island in the sun. Uh, and see what I did there? It's, it's weird that they they're very similar. They they both have that sort of charm to them. Like they both have that sort of islandy vibe, which mm-hmm. uh, is weird because they didn't really get back to that until uh, my beloved White Album in 2016. Of like <laughs> you know, really uh, kind of having this little beach vibe it's kind of strange that like i was like oh i love this style of weezer and then they kind of abandoned it almost immediately 
like the next song. Um, yes, which so. they have a habit of doing. Of they do something really great, and then the next record they like completely pull the rug from under you and and put out like the worst thing they've ever put out. It's the the highs and lows of fandom uh, can occasionally get to you there. We need to have you back on like whatever you consider to be the worst song on Make Believe, so we can t- Ooh, so we can talk about it. I, uh, I think it's Peace because I haven't listened to that song since two thousand five. <laughs> like there's like a couple songs on that record that I just n- listened to once and was like, nope, never again. Uh, it would be between wow. uh, worst record that and Black Album, I think. So, I see. I haven't listened to a lot of the Black Album yet, uh, just because I haven't. You know, I'm, look, I'm listening to this in order. Thank you very much. Yeah, you, uh, you got that. That's going to be a frustrating couple weeks for you guys, I think. <laughs> Not not as frustrating as Green was, so... Oh, I, yeah, I, I suppose. It's a little samey. But, I mean, that's what kind of makes Maladroit so cool, is that it, it is yeah. kind of a differently structured record, and it kind of keeps surprising you, especially in that back half, because, like, the first half is, like, the really, like... It's not, like, a polished or anything but like those are the hits like they kind of knew they front loaded with these like really catchy earworm songs and then in the back half they kind of do these kind of strange experimental things like like space rock is is all weird and possibilities is a punk song and and uh december is like uh, you know a doo-wop song it's it's kind of it's 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 a really interesting uh place they were going which is you know that something yeah. they haven't ever really gotten to uh you know since uh, except they did every genre in one song uh, on the Red Album. So, oh, yeah, that's a rule. I love The Greatest Man That Ever Lived. Oh, I, I don't love the first minute. I don't love the minute of him rapping. As Like, I do skip over that. No, that's the best minute. That is the uh, best, oh, hard best part of the song. The, the, I, for me, it's the falsetto. Uh, like, the, anytime Rivers busts out the falsetto, I'm, I'm like 100% on board. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. That's uh, why I mean, with, maybe that's why Bird Jam is like for me, right? <laughs> because he just keeps screaming almost. It's, uh, it's very much it's, him in that high register. And then the the my favorite moment on the whole record is the last thirty second outro, which is he's hitting this high note that's like he's. I don't think he ever tried something like that again. Um, but it's like just as the guitars are sort of fading, he's hitting these like little ooh high notes that are just just so cool. I don't. I, it's. They also sound. They also sound like kind of anguished, which is fun. Like you get like a little of that like Pinkerton anguish rivers in this song, and then a couple other tracks on Maladroit actually. It, I, it's, it's great. Uh, hey, Eric, what do you think of the song? <laughs> well, and, and you guys mentioned like the calypso style, but but it's that it's that vocal for me, and uh, combined with a bit of the instrumentation for these for these verses. Um, well, verse and chorus really. It's it's the it's the solo that is when it gets you know really jarringly different yeah but f- for these verses and choruses that it's it, it what it reminds me of so much is 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 the band bell and sebastian uh mm-hmm. very indie pop and and it's i mean it's not spot on but it's pretty close and and they were kind of you know happen you know kind of i think at this point they'd been around for at least five years almost about the same time we started mm-hmm. I, keep, I keep drawing all these comparisons like to like cursive who who happen also start around the same time but much more indie than weezer was. right yeah um, it's uh yeah that middle break like when the guitars kind of crank yeah. up is it's 
it's it in another another band would not have been able to transition from like island pop to like really hard like rock in the in you know in the mm-hmm. flick of a switch which is uh and and somehow it just all hangs together well for me like uh it's you know they've had a couple songs where they do double guitar kind of solo-y stuff and uh like this and uh la girls on white album and stuff and it's um it's always really fun to hear like him playing off someone else like you know they're not known as much for their I mean, he's known for his shredding and like his solos, but they're not known for as like a two guitar band very much. Like Brian Bell isn't really known as like a good guitar player, but he really is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And it, it see, and that's one of the reasons why I think Weezer is so good. You know, is just because the the I mean, they're both very good guitar players. You know, and and uh, Rivers as asinine as some of his songs are they are very well written you know he's he's kind of good at music just a little bit you know yeah i mean this is uh an especially weird era because again as i was saying i was getting into the band uh you know and and i was 14 so it's like my level of obsession was you know i have to eat up every piece of like any Weezer article, like any, if the, if Rivers got like a blurb in a spin magazine, I was buying it. And like, you know, uh, th- at this time, Weezer was very active on their website and their forum. And they were releasing the demos for Maladroit, like, or at that point it was uh, oh. album number four. So it was like all the album four demos. And so, um, you know, and there's a lot of great songs on, on those demos. Like to, I would say like there's, uh, Mr. Taxman, uh, there's a song called Mad Cow that's fun. There's this great song <laughs> called Modern Dukes that I, I can't believe didn't make a record. Uh, but uh, Burnt Jam was one of those songs, and uh, the version that you can find online, I think it's just on YouTube now, has completely different lyrics. Like, all the lyrics are different. And, uh, and I think in the chorus, yeah, he says, like, I'll be burning, I'll be there, which would make the title make sense. So now it's a song with completely different lyrics and then uh you know the 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 title is a reference to old lyrics that are gone and uh it's it's kind of mm. interesting because like they were so heavily produced for those first three records in very varying ways uh and and this one they really just kind of went from like here's all our demos and then they just kind of went in and recorded and you know with very minimal polish or production tricks. Like, you know, they kind of sound like demos already. Like this is, this is the most straightforward down the middle sounding Weezer record in many ways. Right. Well, and uh, you know, just, just the level of songwriting that rivers does as well. Just the amount uh, of songs he writes that don't make it onto the album. I mean, it's almost a, it's just a tragedy, you know, like this is, uh, according to Weezerpedia, this is song uh, number 596 by Rivers. And it's like, I can't even, like, think of anything. I can't string 596 words together, you know. And that's not true. Okay, that's a little, that's a bit of a lie. I did go through college, so I had to write papers on occasion. But it's uh, it, it's just, you know, and and you wish that, they would have been able to record all this. And like, I just want a giant, like when, when rivers dies, I want all of his 
stuff like put on bootlegs and you know i'll buy i'll buy the rivers cuomo uh you know master collection all twelve thousand songs he's written you know and then our podcast will never end eric (laughs) (laughs) i yeah maybe maybe (laughs) we'll never end maybe maybe it will though (laughs) but it's uh, a you think (laughs) it's a really it's a really cool song um it's 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 just very it's different you know it it doesn't feel like anything they've put on record before and you know i just think it's a good it's a good tune um no so uh the other thing is is that the the two there's two solos two sections of solos after uh, the second chorus and the third chorus the the third chorus does pretty something pretty similar to what it does for the for the second time but then it adds on to this other more cleaner sounding, um, uh, you know, lead riffy kind of mm-hmm. uh, of a solo. I mean, where that first time it was kind of it's kind of chord heavy. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's more it's more distorted and heavier. And actually, that that sound of it that to me actually reminds me a lot of uh, Radiohead, like kind of like their Benz era. I think kind the some of their Benz, some of the, some of the stuff off the of Benz. Say. Yeah. I, I'm not a big Radiohead guy, so I mean I know the the hits, but other than that, creep, not so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what what else what else we got about this? Uh, about this tune, I'm I'm kind of tamped out. I've got I've pretty much everything I want to say. So, I mean, I, I'm the same. I, I think I just uh, love uh, being able to run off at the mouth for a little bit about this song because it it doesn't really get a lot of play with even Weezer fans. Like, I don't think there's any even. I don't I don't think I've ever seen a live version of this song. You know, like they they were not really plugging away with this one and uh even like in some of those tours where they played a lot of rarities i feel like burn jam did not pop up and that's uh that's a shame in my opinion I, I, this is one of the to me one of the better uh one of the better tunes on the album um you know i mean i love a lot of this album uh but i, I think that this is kind of a because it's so different from everything else you know it, it's just it's a it's fun to listen to uh, you know, it kind of gives gives you a, a little taste of something different. It's you know, but unfortunately, people sleep on this album for whatever reason. I don't. I don't think they should. Dang it! Oh, I mean, it would definitely make my top five albums of their and uh, probably would you know might even crack. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's actually the first three are kind of immovable so uh but it's it's definitely the one of the most underrated uh records in their discography mm-hmm. oh for sure uh so what's uh what's what are your top three then uh oh uh i i sorry about this but pinkerton uh i mean even just musically i you gotta i get it yeah it's just to me is just a record i think the tired of sex guitar solo is the best guitar solo of all time uh and that's not a joke. I just genuinely love that so much. Yeah, I think it goes Ryan. Pinkerton, Blue, and then White. 
I, I think white is uh, one of their best overall. I, and uh, these days, I probably listen to it more than I listen to Blue, uh, which is I think it's just because those songs are standards at this point. But uh, and then uh, oh, if I had to pick a fifth, because Maladroy would be there, and then. I can't do this, uh, but like everything? the first half of red would would come very close. Oh. Um, just pulled up all the albums just to make my my final decision. Uh, God damn it! Uh, and drum roll. I think you're missing one. It's tough. <laughs> I mean, the correct answer is everything will be right yeah. in the end. So, but yeah, I guess that's true. As a record, it's probably the most. It doesn't. It, it, the thing is, some of these records have such high highs. Like even a record like Ratitude has a couple songs in there where you're like, "Oh my god!" Like uh, this song put me back together on Ratitude. I just adore. Mm-hmm. And like it. And I mean, if you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to. Is just it is so good. one of their best singles ever. Um, and so I don't know. Yeah, it's but uh, I, I'd say that uh, Maladroit's probably the last record that I think every fan would agree is solid. Like there's no no one ever has like a Maladroit sucks uh, argument. Uh, like I feel like every other record has been I debated used to, for whatever reason. But uh, I, I with friends of mine like Weezer, I think it's always like yeah no 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 Ratitude's cool. So I'm sorry Maladroit Maladroit. Well Ratitude gets oh, I was about to shit say. on. It's uh, Maladroit uh, cool yeah. Uh, if if you have a friend who thinks that you know. Ratitude is a good album. You should not have that friend. Um, I'm just saying. It's fair. I, it's not a good I, album. I, 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 I have a weakness for it, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. For sure. Uh, much appreciated. No, he, uh, he's he's who we need back on for Red. <laughs> uh, for, ra- for Ratitude? Maybe. Or, I'm sorry, Ratitude, yeah. not Red. Because yeah. right. Red's pretty good. Right. Just saying. Yeah. Red's a, sol- Red's a solid album. Just, I think so. That's all, that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, uh, the, the one last thing besides before we get to some of our se- final segments and so forth is is, is just just the um, this this one thing that uh, he apparently indicated in, in an interview later about the the goth girl and, and that oh, line, man, the gothic yeah, flavor. I, like I mean, that. you know, even though the goth that. girl, it's it's there. It's not the, the song itself doesn't have any anything goth other than about it saying gothic at the beginning yeah it doesn't have anything that's really goth but yeah yeah totally i you know i mean other than that it's uh him you know he has a quote uh from a rolling stone article in o2 uh and let me let me read it here quote uh his newest obsession he says is goth he holds up his hands to show off black fingernail polish, silver rings, and leather, rif- leather wrist cuffs. That's hard to say. Leather wrist cuffs. That's not part of the quote. I'm just... Anyway. Uh, I never noticed goth before, he says. But then I got really fascinated with this one girl. A music style just gets wrapped up with the, vi- the vision of the girl, and it overtakes your consciousness. Uh, so I guess that is what Burnt It Jam is supposed to be about, is, uh, you know... Uh, him, him liking, him liking a goth girl, but uh, and, and Rivers getting fascinated with one girl. I don't think that that all of a sudden out of nowhere is that is that nothing. That's not normal. Is See, it? Uh, for him, he, absolutely. I mean, Rivers, if anything, never writes about 
uh, women in any way, shape, or form. Uh, this is complete sarcasm, obviously. But um, so, all right. Well, uh, anything else before we move on to covers? Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't think so. I, I, I'm good. I just love the damn thing. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's such a good tune. Uh, all right, Eric. Who covered this bad boy? Uh, well, we have the Weezer cover project. It's very, just very much acoustic guitars and so forth. And, um, and we got uh, th- there is there is more of a substantial band uh, with the YouTube link there. Uh, the band being called Feed Me Jack. I've never heard of them otherwise. And then then even seemingly just just one other guy called Rosemarin Damon. Rosemary and Damon? It's got a J in there. It's got a J there's in a, that, Rosemary. Okay, wait, okay, so there's <laughs> so a J, a J. <laughs> in Rosemary. Can you spell it for yeah. me? So, so is that Swedish or something? Rosmarin. <laughs> Marin. Um, that's my Swedish accent, um, in case anybody was wondering. Uh, did you listen to, to Rosemary Marin play a song? I think a bit. You know, Rosie. The, the, and it, I think that was even more subdued. Yeah. Well, and I I think that uh, you know I think that there it does lend itself well to being kind of you know more of a chill song you know yeah Yeah. uh, than than anything you know heavy rock and roll you know I mean I think it I I think it worked it would work both ways but um, Mm -hmm. all right so let's uh, Let's do our ratings here. So, hey, Connor, you want to start us off? Was, was there yeah, another I statement mean, uh... you wanted to do? Oh, right. I forgot my Rivers quote, Mo. The best, the best segment. Oh, you're going to do that? Okay. Uh, of, are, you, are you ready Please, for it, Connor? Yes. Can you handle this? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, so, as the great Rivers Cuomo once said, how I miss you. Thank uh, you. He really, uh, he's really going for some memorable words there. You know, uh, I know every time that I text my wife, you know, when I'm out of town, like, oh, I miss you, I think, oh, God, I'm so glad Rivers Cuomo put that pen to paper. And uh, Do your wife have gothic flavor? Uh, no, but she was an emo yeah. kid in high school, so. Well, that's good. Uh, you know, like all good people were. No, um, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> I, I, was, I was a little bit of a goth in, like, middle school. I wore black all the time, uh, but that was just because I liked the color black. And everybody was like, oh, why are you being such goth? I'm like, I'm not. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, but I got more defensive because I was a middle schooler. So, um, did you go through a goth phase, Connor? Oh, I was, I would think I was too terrified of, uh, my older brother making fun of me, but I was like a secret... <laughs> I was always a pop punk kid of like, you know, was, you know, really into, you know, Green Day and Blink and, and all that. So like, I, I, that was always, I think I, one of the reasons I always related to Weezer was he, he kind of what felt like a square person that was interested in like goth and emo yes. and stuff, but he was, he was always kind of on the periphery. So he was an easy access for someone like me who was, you know, dressing in very square clothes, but like always had a mild crush on like the girl in a Finch shirt, you know, like, right. uh, <laughs> like that was, I was always too terrified to talk to those girls, but I secretly like nursed huge crushes on them. 
And I think that that right there is exactly why Weezer is such... Why Weezer has stood the test of time. And especially why those early albums have as well. I think you really just nailed it right there. Is because it's so accessible to people who kind of feel like they're... They're, like, not really an outsider in society. I mean, they're they're just a normal person. But they're just slightly outside. Like, they can blend in well with normal society. Uh... But they they have this, you know, uh, this dabbling in, in a different kind of thing. And and I think that that, uh, that that resonates a lot, especially with young men, you know. Uh, not saying that young women don't have the same thing. But especially at the time this came out, you know, it wasn't that cool to be geeky or, uh, you know, kind of goofy like you know, Rivers is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that kind of spoke to a lot of people. Uh, and I think that's why it was, why, why they ended up being so popular. Well, well, it, I think it's quite a bit before <laughs> this came out, but it was, it was even, this is even a, you know, very short phase where I kind of got a little gothy, oh my God. you know, and it was, it was essentially Eric based the goth on two, two things. Two things on TV at the time. This is this is like you know, very early '90s. You know, um, uh, for me right. it was like you know maybe between eighth and ninth or around ninth grade, say freshman year, um, somewhere around there. And it was because of two things on TV. One, the one that's a guy <laughs> who just was neurotic and, and kind of did the Woody Allen bit. But you know, I mean, this is the '90s. It wasn't the it wasn't the 90s, creepy 80s. Woody Allen thing. Oh wait, no, we were in the no, creepy no, Woody Allen. No, definitely era. not that. Okay. But 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 he he definitely took it more more dark, especially right. like with the, the way like his clothes and stuff, and his he had longer dark hair. So it's Richard Lewis on uh, this uh, crazy uh, sitcom sitcom show with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis of all people. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. So you, you you probably know her for Halloween, right? Well, I I know Jamie Lee uh, Curtis from a lot of other uh, things than that. Oh, really? Yeah. Than than Halloween. Well, well, if I could look up, if I could figure out the name of that show real quick, that would be pretty crazy. But I'll definitely have to look it up later. So then, the, so then the second, <laughs> so then the second TV show, um, and and this was a little, maybe a little bit more crushy, but um, uh, for uh, uh, Sarah Gilbert on Roseanne, mm. Darlene, okay. and and she and she had her long, I think probably longer goth face, <laughs> but was that goth or was that grunge? No, she might have got grungy too at one point, but she was definitely she was bad. She, she, I mean, the, the character on the show, right? With and their parents. I mean, they definitely had this. Is she battling depression? Mm, you know, yeah, kind of okay. attitude and plot line. So forth. Roseanne, what a what a show! Yeah. Uh, the the finale was hot garbage. Anyway, uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> this isn't the Roseanne cast. Uh, which we should talk about that. Uh, but I have to, I have to find out now if there is one. <laughs> Got an episode by episode, uh, Roseanne show. Um, yeah, I, you know, and I, I think anybody our collective ages, uh, kind of had a little bit of a goth phase, you know, and especially nowadays, uh, where, you know, everybody wants a goth girlfriend for whatever reason. So, uh, that's all you see on, 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 on the Twitter on the internet. So, okay, I think we're ready for our, ra- our ratings now. Yeah. 
actually for real this time. Uh, so, hey, Connor, are you ready for uh, I Yeah, oh. I, it's one to ten, right? Right, yep, yep. Zero to ten. Yeah, zero to ten. Uh, I would give this, I think I'd give this a, a nine. I just I think it really holds up. Eric, what do you, what do you, <laughs> what do you think of this song? What's your rating? Um, I will give it a an eight. An eight. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with a probably an eight point two five. I think there's. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's good. Um, I like slob a little bit better. So, uh, oh. yeah, just personally, okay. Uh, but it, it's uh. It's definitely not the worst on the album. It's not the best on the album, but I think it's it's pretty interesting. It's a uh, it's a good tune. I you know I'm looking. I that's it. That's all I have to say about that. I think it's a good tune. All right, dang God, Connor, where can we find you online? Thank you for joining us. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm uh, at at Connor the Connor on Twitter, and uh, yeah, that's that's where my dumb nonsense resides. It's a uh, it's beautiful dumb nonsense uh, as Thank much you. as um and I've been Eric Nash uh, from Watchmen Minute and Almost Famous Minute uh Almost Famous Minute to uh, Movies by Minutes uh, podcast uh, Almost Famous though you can find also on the same network here as uh, feels like Weezer uh, the Pantheon Podcast Network yeah uh, PantheonPodcast.com. dot uh, lots of great rock and roll podcasts there uh, you know you you're bound to find something you like. Uh, and I'm Zach Fracking Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at the Informal Log. If you want to follow Feels Like Weezer on Twitter, you can follow us at Feels Like Weezer. Uh, you can join the Feels Like Weezer Listener Society on Facebook. Uh, that's we we could talk about things there in a longer form. But if you if you have something that you desperately need to say to me uh, that is in an that you need an email for, you can check it out. Feels Like Weezer at gmail.com. Uh, if you, if you want to send me something, uh, please be nice. I don't like, don't like it when people get mad at me. It kind of hurts my feelings. So please don't. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, oh, and you can always leave a, leave a review, uh, on iTunes. Uh, you know, even on our Facebook page, you can do that. Uh, really anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, feel free to leave a review there. That's free, and it helps us out quite a bit. So, uh, you know, that's 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 it. Some can't end the podcast. I don't know how to do it. Bad endings. What? Horrible endings. Yeah, that's part and parcel. That's what we're here we're, for. We're all starts. <laughs> you know, that's we're really good at this. We're really good at this. You gave it an eight last time, but you're an eight. Wow, that's, you liked it better. Being over the yeah, I'm just, uh, I've been it's been lingering. Uh, no, that's the cranberries. Um, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.